Good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Rise presented to you by the Sideline Junkies. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I hit a delay. Yeah, we got <laughs> we're gonna have to do some equipment upgrades. You hear what I'm saying? Do we ever? I think we need to start investing in some new stuff. All right. I mean, you know, I look when I when we started this and I dusted off the IBMs, you know, I I was expecting this, you know. So I, I'll say this. Uh, we've come a long way. Let's just say that. <laughs> a very long way. People don't understand. You don't understand. I'm telling you. The hamsters. I mean, you. I, I'm surprised we haven't got some type of letter from, um, you know. Peter. Peter for the amount of hamsters we've abused. Keeping internet and electricity running. Uh, it's not enough trash bags. I'm going to just say that. That's true. You start then you start breeding the hamsters with horses and trying bees and trying to figure out how you can get their stamina up and power and and you realize it's you know it is what it is. Well, well, good morning, fellas. My to my in the middle of the screen. I hate pointing. We have the midnight rider all the way on the opposite side. We got the big guy KG. We like I said, we're here for another NFL. Sunday rise, and my Buffalo Bills are struggling in London right now against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's not a London thing. They, the Jaguars, give them problems, uh, and they are giving them a fit right now. Buffalo did march down the field, score. Um, the Jaguars were trying to score uh, before the half, and uh, they were able to get a, a strip fumble out of Trevor Lawrence to get the ball back. The Bills do get the ball back in the second half. Um, some devastating news. The Bills might be without Matt Milano for some time. Uh, he was carted off, and Ian Rappaport was reporting that he has a cast on his leg. Um, I guess we'll know more later today, tomorrow, to the, uh, the extent of that injury, but you can already see we lost an all-pro last week in Tredavious White. Um, and then to lose Matt Milano this week, is it's going to be tough sledding. And you can already see the uh, the defense struggling. Um, Kyer Elam is on the field, though. Our first-round pick finally playing, but the secondary is getting torched. Uh, it's just Von Miller's back today. Uh, they're missing Gregory Russo and Shaq Lawson on that line. So it's just uh, kind of a game of uh, next man up. But it's just like you, you certain plays you just can't replace. And they ain't no replacing Matt Milano. Um, so we just had to see how they go. I'm hoping it's just like a, a, a bad sprain and he can come back later on. And it just didn't look good. Uh, you say that and looking at the stats just on paper, Trevor Lawrence, 16 to 23, 192 and a touchdown. Uh, Travis Etienne, nine carries, 25 yards. Uh, Christian Kirk, four catches, 63 yards. And then on, a Buffalo, on Buffalo's offensive side, Josh Allen is 13 to 18 for 116 yards and a touchdown. And here's the problem that I have with Buffalo. Josh Allen, three carries, 11 yards. That leads the team. That That's the problem I have. They can't get anything going. They're giving it to Cook. They're giving it to Murray. Um, they can't. They can't get any. Right now, they just can't get the ground. And it, to me, 
you know, you could easily say, hey, you know, the travel. I hate that they took a home game away for the, from the Buffalo Bills. I really do. Um, but you can say easily it's a travel, this and other. And I don't think that's what it is. I actually think that it's uh, they're still riding that high from the Miami victory. And they came in the stadium showing the Jaguars that Miami, hey, look, we beat Miami last week. You see this? And the Jaguars like, we don't give a fuck about that. We're going to bash our heads in. You, you, you know, you got to remember certain teams, Kansas City, you know, Buffaloes of the world, San Francisco, every team that plays them that are below them is their Super Bowl. They're going to get up for you. So the Bills have come out flat. And, you know, like I said, that offensive drive they put together down the field, it looked like the Buffalo Bills. Like, you know, the home crowd is there. There's a lot of people sitting in silence like, we wanted to see this Buffalo offense go up and down the field. And Jacksonville's like, nah, that's not happening today. Y'all going to y'all gonna have to grind out for these points. And it's just another way Buffalo has to win. They put up points last week. They stopped the high-powered offense last week. And, and Jacksonville uh, has a high-powered offense. They've been struggling a little bit. But, um, you know, it's one of them things where, yeah, you got to figure out a way to win. You know, Matt Milano's down. You're down for the first time. You know, they didn't score any points in the first quarter. It's a lot of firsts today, and the Buffalo has to, you know, overcome that and figure it out. And this is another stepping stone in the Sean McDermott coaching era where he's like, hey, you have to figure out – you're playing chess with um, – uh, what's my man's name for the – what's the head coach for uh, Jacksonville? I can see his face. Doug he was Peterson. E- Doug Peterson. He was the Eagles coach. Hey, now you got a, a another elite offensive play caller with weapons, and you got to figure this out. You know, you got figured out on the fly because Matt Milano's gone. They're attacking the secondary. You don't have no Tredavious White. You got Ke- Kyer Elaman, which, you know, he's he's raw behind the ear because he hasn't played. So, his, you know, you're down Christian Benefer. He's out with a shoulder. So, you're already thin and sitting in the secondary. And then not a, really attacking Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. I think they know better. But they're getting what they want one-on-one with those Bills corners. And it's – they got to have to figure something else out because it's not working right now. So um, the one thing I will give Sean McDermott is that they, this team does make adjustments. So Styles make fights. Styles make fights. And I think okay. I think Jacksonville style is the one that gives Buffalo problems. It's like Kansas City and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, for whatever reason, Cincinnati gives Kansas City fits. And I think that's where it is. It's just sometimes there's always that one team. I mean, for the Commanders, Redskins, Braves, um, LMNOPs, whatever you want to call the Washington franchise, uh, they always struggle with the Giants. So I think it's just a thing of styles making fights. Certain teams, you just have their number. And I think that's what it comes down to in this scenario. Okay. Now, for the games that take place later on, we're going to start with probably one of the best matchups in the league at one point in time. Not so much anymore, but it's a divisional matchup. Ravens versus Steelers. Baltimore's four-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-unders, 35-and-a-half. We'll start with the Midnight Rider. Go over to the boss, BJ, and I'll wrap it up. (sighs) This is going to be Baltimore. Baltimore. I mean, you would think it would be time for the percolator, but this offense just ain't going to do much. Um, 
Baltimore is four and a half point favorites. They're gonna that's, that's an easy cover. The 38 and a half is where the question comes in. Um, because Pittsburgh starting Trubisky. So um, this is gonna be an ugly game. I feel sorry for Mike Tomlin because he's gonna have to fall on his shield another time for a 24 to 6, uh 27 6 type of ball game. Um, and he's gonna answer questions about what's wrong with this team. And what's wrong with this team is they just don't have it. I don't know what it is, I don't know what's missing. Um, they brought back pretty much everybody, but there's something missing in this offense. Maybe it's the wide receiver missing Deontay Johnson. I don't know, but that's the issue they have right now. They just can't get any offense going, and they're definitely not going to get any offense going with, with Trubisky unless they let Trubisky run the ball. You have to see like seven to ten carries from Trubisky in order for this offense to be successful. So that's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much I'm, I'm going to piggyback with the Midnight Rider. Just Pittsburgh just can't move the ball. And, you know, having Trubisky come in, it's, it's just not going to help the situation. Um, and it, it's the same thing. It's just like I don't know what they're missing. I mean, we know the quarterback play isn't good. Um, but it's just they just look like they grabbed 11 guys off the street on offense. Just went through Pittsburgh and picked up 11 guys and, they don't know how to play. That's what the Pittsburgh offense looks like. Um, it's only so much the other two units can do to carry it. Um, I'm going to take Baltimore and the points, and I'm going to take the under. I think this is going to be that, you know, Pittsburgh get a couple field goals up. It's going to be one of them 27-6, 20, 21, you know, 6, 21-3 type games. Uh, I, you know, and for me, I don't think Baltimore is going to look too hot either. I just think Pittsburgh is that bad that Baltimore is going to trip over that four and a half number. So, um, like the big guy KG said, it was something that used to be a like any. It don't matter what you were a fan of, you circled this game on the calendar because it was always entertaining. And now this is it's become this. And uh, ah, give me the Ravens today. Um, as I sit here and I look at this, it breaks my heart because the Pittsburgh Steelers have been a contender. If you put it in perspective, the Pittsburgh Steelers were a contender for almost 30 years from 90. Well, I, I think before 92, even before Chuck Noll retired, they were a contender uh, in, the, in, in the early 90s as well as the late 80s. Cower came in, they were a contender every year under Cower, contender under Tomlin every year. And it's like the last two years, they haven't been. Uh, I don't want people to panic, though. Every team goes through an ebb and flow, and sometimes you have to go through a rebuild. And I think they're going through a rebuild. They're trying to do it piece by piece. But it's like they're trying to say, okay, we're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. You'll always be the Steelers, but you're just not that – contender type of stealing you know if that if that makes sense i don't see pittsburgh winning this game only way pittsburgh wins this game only way is if baltimore starts ravening and they get full of themselves and they drop this game in pittsburgh's lap i don't think pittsburgh will let the chance go by but give me baltimore with the points and I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to say this is going to be a low-scoring affair. This is going to be 13-5 to 
Lamar's going to step out the back of the end zone and give him a safety by accident. While he's he just shoot out. Thanks, so 13 to 5. I don't have any. Baltimore's offense. Baltimore's offense is good when it's running. You know, it's 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 like a it's like a Honda Civic that's been through hell. When it's up and running, it's good. But on them cold mornings, boy, you can tell you ain't had no oil change. You got to go out there. You got to take the hammer to the starter just to get it to turn over. You know, it's a lot. That's Baltimore's offense. And Baltimore's never really had offense. They've never had offense. But I say 13 to 5, Xavier's chiming in. He says Ravens fourteen to three. Is he going? Is he going to make picks the whole time? Because I'm not writing his picks down. If he only going to do one game and then bounce, so he could be one and zero. <laughs> I hope he stays and, and does every every pick because he went undefeated one week and then he lost the next week, so he got to redeem himself. So he got Ravens. He got the minus four and a half, and he's got the under. All right. We good. Next up, we're going to take on the Eagles versus the Rams. Uh, Philly is a four and a half point favorite. Over under is 50 and a half. Midnight Rider. Oh, no. Puka Nukawa. So, yeah. Um, I got to tell you, I don't know who this Puka Nukawa kid is. But um, you sound like um, a hassle-free philosophy. Um, he, he's back. Cup's back this week. The Rams' offense is going to be explosive. I think this game definitely hits the over for sure because of those two options right there. I think they can go blow-to-blow, toe-to-toe, even though Philly's going to use their tush-push as much as possible today. Um, give me the Rams to cover. But I'll take the Eagles to win outright. That's it, hey, man. I'm I'm taking I'm I'm going to take the over on this game. I think this is going to be an entertaining game. Um, I think Philly edges them out. I don't I I, don't, I agree with the men I ride. I think the Rams cover. I think you know this Philly just a better overall squad. I, I I like the Rams though. You know if the Rams do squeak it out, I would not be surprised. But you know Philly's working right now. You know they're doing their thing. Um, ah, it's a trap because they, they they're in Los Angeles, aren't they? I think so. The way I got it written up. Um, you know what? No, give me the Rams. Oh, yeah, yeah give me give me the Rams. They're in Los Angeles. Philly having to take that trip. Um, give me the Rams and over. Well, the way Philly has been playing the last couple of weeks, uh, Jalen Hurts getting it in. Um, if he stays healthy, Philly's going to go far. But uh, in this game, I don't think the Rams have a chance. Is Cooper Cup coming back today? Yes. Okay, so he is back. I think that causes a, a, a problem. Because you're going to try to feed him the ball. If he's 100% healthy, you're going to try to feed him the ball. So, 
I, I, I kind of disagree with you on that. Huh? I disagree with you on that. Oh. I think I think the fact that they've been feeding Puka Nakawa the whole time, Cooper Cup coming back actually allows them to spread the football around a little bit more. So what you'll get is Nukawa will have the eight catches. He'll have an eight reception, 85-yard day. And I think Cup will have an eight reception, 85-yard day. Tutu Adwell will have a six reception, 55-yard day type of thing. Because they've been spreading around. And um, it's funny that we even talking about this game because that was one of the games on uh, – not the games, but they were talking about the Rams' motion this morning on NFL matchup, which is still one of the best shows in the world. I actually DVR it. Um, what? What are you looking at the sky for, man? NFL on Fox. Best pregame show on TV. I'm not talking about pregame shows, KG. I'm talking about the NFL matchup show that comes on at like 4 in the morning, which you got um, Rosenthal, you got um, Sal. What's Sal's like? Um, Sal from ESPN. Palantonio? Sal Palantonio's the host. They got Darius Butler this year, um, the corner from New England. And then they got um, the guy from NFL Films, Greg, whatever his name is. Um, and they break down the teams. They show you the plays. They show you the concepts behind the plays. And they were talking about the St. Louis motion and how St. Louis sets – sorry, St. Louis. Los Angeles sets up plays based on their motion. And, um, of course, it looks very much similar to how the San Francisco 49ers set up their motion and the Miami Dolphins set up their motion. But, yeah. So, I think I don't think they're going to force feed Cooper Cup, but you're going to see a lot of Cup, Cooper Cup, Puka, and Tutu. That's a hell of a name set. Sound like a, sound like a Michael Jackson riff. A Puka. A... Yeah, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I'm taking Philly in this one, man. I'm taking Philly in. It, it's going to be a shootout, a real shootout. So what you got at 23-20? No, nah, I got this being like 38-35. So you're de- taking it over. You got man. Philly. What you doing on the spread? Uh, What was the spread? Hold on, let me pull the spread. Four and a half. Oh, Philly's no, they're not, Philly's not covering the spread. They're going to win outright, but they're not covering the spread. All right, so we got the so you're on plus four and a half. All right. And uh hey guys, can we um can we not agree a whole lot on all this? This could be a shootout, last team score wins. I totally agree with that. I agree too. And I mean I mean when you write, you write. See, that's that's something I had to tell somebody a long time ago. They was like, Well, I'm gonna I, I wanna come on, I wanna argue with you, but it's no point of arguing if we got the same point. Right, it's no point of arguing. You 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 express your point and you leave it at that. This is not Stephen A. We just sit here and we shout and talk over each other and throw stuff. And I'm, man, I don't do that here. We civilize. We like the night. Well, 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 actually, KG, it's deplorable. It's <laughs> it's pontificatable what we do here on this show on a weekly basis. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm we like to sit down man. and have a seduce conversation. Oh God, that's I don't know who Fifty Seven is, but he's having a day today for um, okay. Espinaza. The uh, the referees are, are making sure, and I, y- y'all don't hear me say complain about. It. 
they're making sure Jacksonville stays in this game. Every time Buffalo has them on a third and something, they just called Jordan Poyer for unnecessary roughness calls. That was just absolutely fucking garbage. Buffalo is one of the least penalized teams in the league. And today, I think they have five or six. So, yeah, you see me looking back. I'm looking back at the TV. Etienne just had a big run. But, um, yeah, Espinosa is the one that uh, did the tip interception uh, when we played the Commanders. Somebody I've been complaining about just not showing up. He's, you know, he seemed like he's kind of coming around. But uh, for a second-round pick some, some time ago, he sounds like a kid from Iowa. Little, little slow for me. I forgot where he's from. I think he's from Iowa. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm right on that one because he sounds like an Iowa player. There's nothing, there's nothing special about him, but he he's always consistent. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you got it. Next up, we going Chiefs versus Vikings. Kansas City three and a half point favorite. Over the Minnesota Vikings. Over under is 52 and a half. Midnight Riders. Well, you know, KG, um, when I look at KC, here's a team. Here's a team that when they come out on the field to play, um, I just got to wonder, is, is Taylor Swift going to be in um, the audience? Because if not, I don't see how KC wins this ball game without Taylor Swift being in attendance. Um I would really take minute if if I don't have confirmation that Taylor Swift is not at the ball game, then I'm I, I would really take Minnesota to win this ball game. But since I don't know for sure, I'm gonna go with some actual factual football facts and say I got KC winning this ball game because if Minnesota can't get out his own way, Minnesota is like halfway doing a rebuild. Um, I don't understand what's going on there. Uh, I feel bad for Kevin O'Connell because of the position they put him in. But I think this game does hit the over because Minnesota likes to score points late and when they're out of ball games. Uh, but I got Casey, and I got Casey winning by more than three and a half. I'm here. I'm trying to just do another penalty flag. I saw it. In, I saw it. I don't know Buffalo how far game. behind I am because I know I'm, I'm streaming. Um, it's, it's just I'm trying to see who who is against. Um. So on my screen, I got a punt. Yeah, they the Jacksonville punted, Buffalo returned, holding Buffalo. Buffalo, of course. That's what it's been. Hold on, personal foul, Buffalo. So they got a holding, a holding and a personal foul, half a distance to the goal. That is the second time they've got a half a distance to the goal penalty starting out on offense. Like this, it's just I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I think they're they're. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. The Jaguars are playing some good defense, good offense, but the refs, the refs in their pocket too right now. Um, we'll go to this Kansas City Minnesota game. Um, I don't know, man. This one, this one. Do you think Taylor Swift's gonna be there? No, I think I don't think she will because of the. The backlash. Now, I think the backlash they got, everybody, you know, the people that, that have said, hey, we're tired of this. We're tired of this. I think people have expressed that. In the NFL, you know, if she's there, I don't think she'll be on camera as much. I don't think it'll be a big deal because 
you have your NFL people tuning in that actually would like to watch football. This isn't entertainment tonight. Um, this isn't the 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 TMZ. We don't want to see Taylor Swift. We want to see possibly Travis Kelsey catch one up to see him and get blown up, helmet knocked off. And, yeah, that's what I want to see, and him get up and have some cobwebs and stuff. But, um, I you know I got Kansas City circled with the over, but I think I'm gonna have to flip flop on this one too, and I'm gonna have to take Minnesota today. Did y'all hit a report? Did y'all hit a report that says Justin Jefferson is willing to follow Kirk Cousins? No, I haven't heard that. I I read it on the page that said that you know if Kirk Cousins still get get done, you have to watch out for Justin Jefferson because he's willing to stay with Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, I would too if the dude gonna give me eighteen targets in a game. Shit. So you know, just just something to just something to think about. Uh, we can Recap your pick for me so I can write it down. I'm going Minnesota. I'm going yeah. Minnesota in the over. The 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 sun got to shine on the dog's ass. It got to some at some point. Uh, Kansas City. Uh, didn't look. You want Minnesota to win outright? Minnes- yeah, Minnesota's gonna win. I I got Minnesota winning. I got Minnesota winning. I got the over. Um, okay. So yeah, I think I think it's gonna be one of those games where, you know. The, ad- the adrenaline is going to be running for Minnesota and them trying to get on the board. And um, I think they're going to, I think they're going to clip Kansas city today at home and it's going to be a shootout. And I think that just like our last comment, I think this is going to be Minnesota going down the field and Kansas city, not being able to stop Justin Jefferson. I, I really think this is going to be a, I think this is going to be a, a 12, 13 catch day for Justin Jefferson, three touchdowns, Buck fifty, one of them days. Buffalo's in um scoring position. Well, I say plus territory. Nice little bomb to um Diggs. Uh, Xavier just checked in. He said he's taking the Eagles seventeen ten. Hold on, hold on. Where's his? Where's his part? All right, so Eagles. I'm gonna write his score down. Yeah, I got him. I'm writing him down too. Eagles seventeen ten. And he also said the Vikings 26-20. All right. Uh, Matt said, uh, I think Swift at least performed there this summer, so her spirit is in the building and will guide KC to victory. That's right, (laughs) boy. I hope she's not there because I thought I was the only one. But up and down my timeline, every time Kansas City plays, they say, oh, my God, please stop showing Taylor Swift. Uh. I seen one guy, he said, uh, Roger Goodell need to do something about this. Roger Goodell's the one behind it. Like, they're even, it's even on the NFL social media pages about being Swifties and stuff like that. Like, bro. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a game if we didn't have a Gabe Davis drop. It just wouldn't be, it wouldn't (laughs) be a game. It wouldn't be a game if Gabe Davis didn't drop a damn ball. And that pass he threw the days, if he had hit him in stride, it could have been more yards. Days had to slow up for that one, and they're already third and ten, about to stall out. I, I just they they didn't come to play, man. They can't like I said, they came and they had their Miami, they had their Miami card showing the Jaguars, and they just looking at each other like we not that Florida team. Uh, we don't care. This is like cover one robber right here. 
Oh, my goodness. Give me Kansas City to cover because Minnesota can't get out of their own way. All right. Give me 24 to 20, and I'm taking the under. Under? Dun, 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 dun. I think that's the first. No, nah, we got the Ravens on the thing. So it's never the first under when the Ravens are involved. Next up. Uh, not the greatest game on the schedule, but it's it, it's good. It's good. No, 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 no. This is this is a midnight rider special. <laughs> I don't know if you are. I don't know if you believe, but I believe in the Texans. I am all in on the Houston Texans. I haven't found me a book yet. Or actually, I'm not going. I'm gonna lie. I haven't looked to find what the Texans number. Or wins are, but I'm full fledged on CJ Stroud um, being the best quarterback in this draft class, and CJ Stroud and the Texans winning. Um, I know anytime you come on here, when the Falcons are involved, it's all about B. John, <laughs> Infinity and B. John. But I'm just letting you know tonight, Houston's going to win this ball game. Well. Houston this ball game. This is going to touch. It's going to hit the over because it's going to be like a 27-20 type of ball game. Stroud's going to throw for about 300. Um, Tank Dell is going to get you 100 yards receiving. And I think my man B. John is going to give us 120-some-odd yards um, combined um, from scrimmage. You might – and the word is might. See, Heineke. <laughs> you might get Heineke today. Because Desmond Ritter struggled this whole season. And he's probably part of the reason why this offense hasn't performed the way it's supposed to perform with Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson. So don't be surprised if you see Heineke playing today. I'm going to have to... Uh... When the Bills are playing for now one, I'm gonna have to send y'all a, a report email <laughs> for my part of the portion of the podcast because this is ah, this is frustrating. Um, I think for the first time in a long time, the Houston Texans can say in a matchup we have the better quarterback, and they do. And I, I'm I'm on the same train that Midnight Riders on. I really think this is gonna be a big day. For CJ Stroud, I don't think Atlanta has an answer for that. Um, you know, running the ball is great, but you know, if CJ Stroud and that Texans offense is moving the ball up and down the field, it, it's just, you, you're not going to be able to keep up. And I think the quarterback play or lack of quarterback play that the Falcons have is going to catch up with them today. And I think you you see a, a 24-14, 27-14 Atlanta Houston uh, Atlanta uh, victory. Houston victory in Atlanta. I think tongue tied. So I'm going to go with just over the 42. And Houston winning. Well, I got Houston winning this game. Believe. I got him covering. I don't think this is going to be. I'm I'm taking the under. Preach. Keep on preaching. I'm going to call it 17 14. 
that means uh, you got the plus, plus the two and a half. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Xavier says uh, he's taking the Falcons 21-10. So, I, I don't really have much on this one. This is a midnight rider special, so this is this was his to run with. So I don't I don't have much. Dude, on I'm this. telling you right now, the Texans. We talk teams talk about having big threes or whatever. So what's going to happen is the Texans are going to is this team that's going to grow as the season goes. All right, so they're not they're not where they're supposed to be, but they live in the moment for right now. So for right now. They're an okay team, but they're gonna be much better when you start getting John Michi going down the going down the sideline and open up this offense with Tank Dell going down the field. When you got Damian Pierce running the ball for this team, this team is not reached its full potential yet. So what's gonna happen is they're in a bad division and they're playing a bad schedule. So they're gonna take advantage of the games that they get on this schedule. When you play bad teams, you and you're actually t- winning the games you're supposed to win. In the worst, and this might be a John Thompsonism, but I know it as a Daryl Tuckerism. You gotta harvest your nuts, and when you start harvesting these nuts, pause because that didn't sound right. But when you harvest them and you start collecting these W's when you're supposed to get them, you start you end up at the season end of the season with nine, ten wins when you weren't supposed to have that many wins. It's like the Giants last year. So that's that's all I'm saying, and and for me, I'm gonna let y'all know. You're not going, and this is not the end of this. The Texans are going to be on this every anytime I can make this an object and an opportunity, brother. All right. Next up, we got the Giants versus the Dolphins. Uh, Giants are 12 and a half point favorites over under 47 and a half. Good grief. Do the, do the Dolphins score 70 today? Oh God, no! I think I think I think the Dolphins win. I think the Giants have some level of, of get right or act right, but they just can't. I just don't like their offense. Um, like outside of Wondell Robinson, Darren Waller looks washed. Saquon's hurt. Breida for some reason doesn't. And this offense doesn't look like Matt Breida, the guy that can every now and then pop off for 120 yards by accident. Um, And the Dolphins with Tua and Waddle and everybody back in the building, the corners for the the, the Giants aren't going to be good enough to stick with these guys. I think the Giants will have a a problem where they can't cover anybody. Um, I think this hits the over. More so because of the giant, uh, the Dolphins' offense, than the Giants. That twelve and a half is a big number. Uh, I'm gonna take the Giants to cover the number, but the Dolphins to win. Mm. Mm. That was painful. Uh yeah. This is. I think this is one of them. Vegas trap games. I really do. Um, you know, Miami's going to want to come back out from last week and another first down for the Jaguars. They are just destroying the Bills on defense. <sighs> and somebody else is hurt, holding his knee, and that looks like Teron Johnson. He is down. It looks serious. 
Yes, that that looks very serious. Can't catch a break, man. I think I really think this franchise is cursed. I really do, man. I really do. Um, I'm, I'm taking Miami to win. I don't think I don't. I think the Giants is going to cover that twelve and a half. That's a big number. Um, you know, they don't look good at all on offense. It, like I want to take that twelve and a half. No matter if I'm gonna go with my gut, I'm gonna take that twelve and a half. I think I'm, I'm gonna take that. They, the Giants haven't shown me anything. They're going up against a Miami defense that's that's pretty fast and quick. And um, you know, I I just like Mike Mc, Mike uh, McDaniel in this situation and what he's gonna you know pull out of the hat. I think my I, I think it's gonna be one of those garbage games where. Daniel Jones stats look they look good, but you you know better if you watch that game. And I I think it's gonna be like a I think it's gonna be like a thirty eight to, to twenty type game. So they hits the over. Mm-hmm. Barely, but it hits the over. Yeah, I think it's gonna be like a thirty eight twenty. I think Miami, you know, a little embarrassed last week. They're gonna come out. They're gonna. They want to put points on the board. That's their offense. And, and the thing is with Miami, sometimes they score so quick they can't help themselves but to put another, you know, six on the board after they didn't score. So I think it's just the nature of that offense. I don't see the Giants slowing that down. I just see that a lot of three and outs from the Giants and them giving Miami the opportunity to score as much as they want. I'll, I'll say this. Miami wins this game, but I think the Giants find their legs. They find their uh their, their offense that they had last year. I think they start running with Daniel Jones more, Saquon Barkley. You know, they really start getting off. He's, he's out today. He's out today? God damn it. Yeah, the last what I saw is he's unlikely to play. Okay, because I, I I thought he was questionable. Yeah. And questionable normally means you play, but Daniel Jones got to he, he he got to be Danny Dimes, but he also has to get out of trouble and use his legs. You've been using your legs for the last two and a half years. Why stop now? Ooh, yeah, he out for the season, dog. Number seven. Mm-hmm. That's either that's either hyper extension or that's an ACL. And we already don't have any cornerbacks, man. So it's like it's just. It's just shake your head, man. Every year it's something with this team. It's a major injury. And it's just, you know, yeah, they're missing Russo and some other guys, but it's only so many people you can replace. You know, right. he's our he's our nickel back. And it's just uh it, I guess it is what it is right now. Sorry, KG. Uh Xavier says he's taking the Dolphins forty nine to ten. So that Dolphins. He's taking the fans. All right. Minus 12 and a half and over. Our last game. Of the, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, our last game of the of the slate for us today is probably going to be game of the week. The 4-0 49ers host the 3-1 Dallas Cowboys. I got a lot to say about this. I see what you did. So go first. You know what? No, no, no. Because I want to go. No, no, no. I, no, I got no, a lot no. to say. Go first. The over-under for this one is 45. 
the the 49ers are favorite third uh three and a half points. Here's my thing. These are two two teams that are always in contention. Dallas in contention for maybe until mid-November. 49ers in contention the whole season. Understand what I'm telling you. To the Dallas Cowboys, to the San Francisco 49ers. When you win games that you're supposed to win, you can't call yourself a Super Bowl contender. Dallas lost to Arizona, a game that they should have won. Dallas should be walking into this game, what, 5-0? and What are they, 3-1, and 4-1, and something like that? They should be walking into this game 5-0. and They're not. Okay. San Fran is 5-0, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, right? I'm, I'm getting my – I know they're undefeated. Hold on, I'm sorry. Y'all, San Francisco's 4-0. So what we in? We in week five? Yeah. Jesus, y'all could have told me that. I put in week six. My bad, y'all. Oh, I wasn't paying attention to the borders, bro. My bad. I put in week six. I apologize, y'all. I apologize. This is week five. I'm jumping ahead. But this is what I say to the 49ers fans and the Cowboy fans. You haven't arrived yet. You think you have, but you haven't arrived. You can win these games early in the season, but when it get down to the trenches and everybody clawing and fighting and scratching, that's when you lose your perspective. You dissipate from every piece of work you put in, and you lose. You never get to that promise lane. Now, most people say, oh, you're just a hater. You, you, you really don't. You don't know football. You can say what you want to say about me. I don't give a damn. My book's already been written. So whatever you back on the field. Huh? Johnson just ran off the field. Like he was in the in the last play. So I don't know. I, I hey, look Because it didn't look good when the way the way that knee buckled. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, KG. But I'm taking San Fran in this one. Uh, give me San Fran 42 to 20. 42 to 20? Yep. And Xavier, he says Cowboys 28-10. Oh, hold on, hold on. So then you're taking the minus three and a half. Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. So San Fran. Hey, BJ, can you go ahead and take the next part? Yeah, I definitely will. I absolutely will. Um. The three and a half at home. I think Vegas is thinking what I'm thinking. I think they're thinking that the San Francisco 49ers really haven't played anybody this year. This is going to be the best team the San Francisco 49ers play this year. Um, and if Dallas comes to play, I'm taking Dallas today. I'm taking Dallas and I'm taking the over. I think this is going to be a little mini shootout. But yeah, I think it's one of those things where you play down to the level of your opponents. When you get somebody that has an elite pass rusher that can get to you, has an offense that can explode, I think it's going to be kind of that backpedaling situation for San Francisco. I think they lose today. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to take the over. And I think Dallas covers that. I think they, I think it's going to be one of those kind of like surprising things where Dallas kind of manhandles San Francisco 
and it'll wake San Francisco up. I'm not saying San Francisco's not a great team. I just think Dallas goes into the day trying to prove a point. Okay. Um, when I look at this ball game, I feel like San Fran always gives Dallas troubles. Uh, maybe it's more so in the playoffs than in the regular season. So I got San Fran winning this ball game. Um, but I think this is another one of those ball games that comes down to the end and a field goal wins this ball game. So I like the Cowboys to cover that three and a half because I think it's going to be a three point ball game. That 45, I'm going to take the over on that as well, because I think that's the situation where we're going to get into the point where um, Dallas is going to do just enough and they're going to have enough offense, and then so will San Francisco, that we're going to get us a 27-24, uh, 28-20, 24 type of ball game. Um, well, actually, I'm sorry, 28-25 well, doesn't sound right. But you know what I mean. We're going to be over the number, but barely. And um, these team, two teams are going to just come down to the end. And as they're fighting it out, a field goal wins this ball game. Um I think we'll hear complaints about Dak first thing Monday morning when the Cowboys lose this ball game. How Dak isn't good enough. How Dak is holding his team back. Dak is trapping talent. So just be prepared already for that. <sighs> You're going to hear about Dak regardless. If Dak has a good game, as you like Dak. If Dak has a bad game, oh, this guy's a fucking bum. We're never going to win with him and this, that, and the third. It's always going to be about Dak. I don't. Sounds I like a, it sounds like another fan base that we talk about on the frequent. Yeah. Fairweather, fickle. If they're on, they're on. If they're not, they're not. So, yeah. That's exactly what they are. I think it's more so just a thing of fan perspective and how you see your team. Like we talk about this all the time. Um, you know, you and I go back and forth about let's just let's not hide anything, but Eddie Jones. Like, I think there's a fan perspective that you build up where you you have a thing for a guy where you just don't see the potential or see everything behind that person being that guy, you know, like Kirk Cousins is another guy where the narrative has been written for him for so long that you don't see when he's actually just making plays and doing things, your judgment is clouded by the perspective of him being Kirk Cousins. So that's, that's the issue I see. And I think Dak's in that situation. They actually called Dak the black Kirk Cousins. So yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Uh, last but not least, before we get out of here, before we even wrap it up, we didn't do a show Thursday, but the news came down right before game time Thursday that the legendary linebacker Dick Buckus passed away. Uh, he was 80 years old, active on Twitter. Uh, just uh, about a week or so ago, he was like, man, give me my pads and my helmet and give me a quarterback to sack. Uh, Defensive player of the year, spent his entire football career 
in Chicago. He went to high school in Chicago, went to the University of Illinois, drafted by the Bears, also drafted by the Broncos in the second round of the 1965 AFL draft. Uh, two-time defensive player of the year, five-time first, five first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, won the Hollis Award in 74, NFL All-Decade team in the 60s and the 70s, uh, NFL 75th anniversary team and 100th anniversary team. His uh, number 51 has been retired by Chicago. Um, 100 greatest Bears of all times. Uh, his number 50 has been t- retired by the Fighting Illini of Illinois. He was an all-team, uh, first-team All-Big Ten two times, consensus All-American in 64, and a unanimous All-American in 63. Uh, Big Tim MVP in 1963, UPI lineman of the year in 64. Before, when you talked about middle linebacks, before the rise of Ray Lewis, you talked about Dick Buck as being the prototype and the greatest middle linebacker of all time. And the argument was him or Nitschke. And then it was everybody else. But at most 98% of the time, it was Dick Buck was good, was a was number one, Nishki was two, and then it was everybody else. Now you come along with, you know, you talk about Ray Lewis, but you still talk about Dick Buckets. So as a uh, as a the football Buffalo fan, Bills just got the ball back, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I don't know what Trevor Lawrence is doing today. Oh, Lord. They, they, bro, they have Yo. They have worked that Buffalo Bills defense all the way down the field. And I said to myself, if they can hold them to three, Buffalo has to – the offense has to put a drive together because that defense is tired. I'm trying to see who that was. That Number came 25. 25? Yeah. I don't even know who that is. Oh, no, that's Ed Oliver and uh, what you call him? Yeah. Uh, right, but the guy with the recovery was a secondary guy. Oh, for- Oh, Kingsley, Jonathan, and Ed Oliver covered the uh, the made made the fumble happen. He had twenty five. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you who twenty five is. But the Buffalo offense is back on the field. If Buffalo loses this game, it's the offensive fault. They haven't been able to do not anything, not nothing. This is this is the bread and butter of this team. They it, they they've had opportunities and they squandered them away. So we'll see if they can get down here. And even if they score and get ahead, Jacksonville, Calvin really has been cooking Kahir Elam on the on the stove on the slow pot. <laughs> For the gamblers out there, what might be a thing is London or overseas unders, because this game hasn't is definitely not going to get close to the to the over. Um, so that might be a betting tool going forward. Um, the other thing I like is if you if it's teams in the Pac-12, depending on the teams, the Pac-12 over might be a thing too. Something you might want to pay attention to. Ten four. And yeah. any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap this up? Uh, last night, um, college football, man. I mean, Notre Dame loses to Louisville, but. Louisville had the blueprint. Um, I've seen this for a couple of weeks, and I was scared that this was going to happen. Uh, I wish we could have been out in front of it, but 
Um, it's something about this offense with Hartman where they look good for a drive or two, and then there's this ghost period where they're terrible, nothing happens. I think it's for a lack of playmakers on the outside. You got Chris Tyree, you got number 83, which I can't think of his name at the moment. But outside of that, they have nothing else that's tangible. Um, they got a nice freshman ki- a kid that's a true freshman, number 17, that's playing. But he still doesn't make enough plays. So I think Notre Dame is going to struggle. Next week they got USC. And, and I think USC is going to come in and, and put something on them. Um, Colorado won 27-24, so that's four wins. So we're two games or they're two games away from um, bowl eligibility. And then somebody else lost last night. Um, oh, Texas lost to Oklahoma. And my guy Quinn had two threw two picks last night, which wasn't good. Uh, but that team just struggled all day yesterday. It was like Oklahoma just had something on them. So that's all I got for college football. Quick wrap up and the wrap that shit up B portion of the show. Real quick before I blow a head gasket watching this game. I'm gonna give Mike Oxley for the Terps his flowers. Because they played Ohio State tough yesterday. But like always, Maryland don't have the horses. And, you know, Ohio State pulls away from them. But for the most part of that game, they were in that game. And it looked good. And it was just certain things he was doing, like the the play where he had his uh, subs come off the field, take all the time so Ohio, Ohio State had to use a timeout. Just little things like you notice. And I think you know, we talked about this before, Maryland joining the big 19 or whatever it is now. Um, it t- it's going to take time for them to get the horses. This isn't, this wasn't a two or three year project. This is more of a five to 10 year uh, overhaul to get the players that Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan and, you know, all these, you know, these, these teams that are, are leap years in front of you. And I think a couple of more, you know, recruiting classes, but for right now, I'm happy with where they are. You know, it wasn't the result you wanted, but I thought they put up a showing for it for a while in the big house. The big house was quiet. The big house was quiet for a while. And, you know, they pulled away from them. Uh, Tungo Violet started making some mistakes. Uh, and like I said, you can just tell they didn't have the horses that, uh, who intercepted? <sighs> Interception Buffalo, uh, Jacksonville, actually. So, yeah. Um, yeah, shout out to the Terps. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to break my I'm gonna break my phone in half. So, if I, if I hop off, y'all, that's why. No, no, no. You're fine. So, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum on what you just said. I'm actually disappointed in the Terps because there's so-called senior quarterback at the end of the, the first half in a two-minute drill didn't understand the fact that he had to throw the ball either beyond the sticks or in the end zone. Instead, he throws the yard ball five yards. They get tackled. They come away with no points. He has been a freaking disappointment all season long. You're a senior. And see, I have this rule. And this is why I hammer this rule so much. When you're a college football team, you have a window of two to three years where when you have an experienced quarterback, you have to maximize your wins during that stretch. 
because if you don't, the following year you're going to struggle until you get that next quarterback up to speed. And what Merlin's had is they've had Tagovailoa or Talia Gova or whatever you pronounce it. You've had him. He's a senior this year, and he hasn't taken the next step. Merlin's a nine-win team. And, yes, I had them losing Ohio State, but it's just the way they lost this ballgame was disappointing to me because they were in control, and because of his poor decision-making, they lost control and found themselves out of this ballgame. So that's the issue I had. I, I, I like them being competitive. I thought they was going to lose, but still, it's, it's, something, it's something in the way you do things that bothers me, and the way this team lost this ballgame Showed me a, a. I don't know if Talia can can get them the nine wins. No, he can't. And, and this is this is. It doesn't matter, senior, red shirt, senior. It don't. It doesn't matter if you don't have the skill set, the decision making as a quarterback. It doesn't matter what year you're in because a freshman can come in and outplay you. He just does not have. I don't know what what star recruit he was coming in, but I mean, I think it's more of he's playing off of his brother's name. I really think right. that's what it is. That's why he's here. That's you know he's playing off of that name, um, and anywhere else that didn't you know need a quarterback, he wouldn't be starting. They would have moved him to wide receiver or something. Um, but, you know that's that's going to be the next jump and upgrade for the Terrapins to get a quarterback in here um, that can get this the the offense up and down the field and not struggle. He struggles so and. and Notice, I say give Mike Loxley his five. I didn't say Tungo Vialoa. He was horrible. Not, you know, I got the, you. Yeah, some of the decisions he made, it just, it just like, hey, this is kid. What are you looking at? But, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, they, they, they're they going to have to retool some things. But I, 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 I like the first half. I like the first half. I like what I saw. Um, it wasn't out of control super early. It just got out of control because of – mistakes in quarterback play and Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I said it in the chat yesterday. I didn't understand why they were trying to guard him one-on-one. I, I just <laughs> make somebody else beat you, but you have somebody on, on underneath that boy and over top. You're not going you're not going to kill me with Marvin Harrison Jr. And they did. And I don't understand that on defensively, but facts, facts. Uh, Matt said, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is just a beast. Uh, and that play in Miami, what the hell were they thinking and doing? They weren't thinking. They were just doing. Like, all you had to do was take a knee and you had that game. God dang. That's that. All right. So, all I saw was a senior lineman on um, on uh, Bleacher Report. I saw the kid, like, holding his head trying to figure out what was going on. But I never saw the play. So, thanks for that. So it was just it was a terrible play. Like you you take a, you're supposed to take a knee right there. They the running back runs up the middle. I don't think I think he was down, but they called it a fumble. And the next thing you know, with one second left. Field goal? No, they scored a touchdown. Oh, geez. 23 20. They scored a touchdown with one and left one second on the clock. Oh boy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you set your fantasy lineups. As of right now, Jonathan Taylor is in the lineup. He is active. So if you have him in fantasy, please go ahead and start him because I think he's running about 14, 15 points. But 
I'm already 50 points up. So, you know, I just I don't want to cruise to a championship. I want to grind it out to a championship this year. But uh, yeah, set your fantasy lineups. Make sure you get your picks in on ESPN if you're in our league. Uh, but don't worry about your defense because if your defense scores a touchdown, you only get one point. Here we go. The defense is a matter of fact, we, we're going to go to the competition committee and just eliminate that position. Maybe we can add another running back. I mean, no, because in, in any other league, if you actually like value points and like let you when the defense or the special team scores a touchdown and you value that. <laughs> You know what we can do? Let's see if they add, they'll let us add a head coach position. And depending on how many timeouts and challenges your coach has left, you get points for that. Well, in this league, you probably only get one point for any timeout. At, at least two points for the still having the challenge. I don't know. I don't know if that works. And then over unknown. Over unknown a handshake. Does it a two second handshake? Did he look him in his eyes? Look him in his eyes, extra two points. If the handshake was quick, you don't get any points. If it was a two-second one, and then the, the you bring it in, they talking in the air, pat on the back, you get three points. Mm. I think I think I think we gotta get Waterboy efficiency in there too. Like when they come out, do they have the bottles ready to? You know what I'm saying? Or the guy standing there waiting around? Um, maybe that's a one point if everybody gets their drink on time. Maybe two points. You know if. Gatorade gets dumped on somebody, something like that. Y'all done? What? What we do? Always got a lot to say, man. What we do? We didn't even do nothing. I'm offended. I'm offended. No, I'm offended. I said it was an oversight. You can't be offended if I'm offended. You offended me, so I offended you back. I don't know where we live in. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, enjoy a good slate of games today. Uh well, hey, real quick, what games are we watching today? Um, I'm dead serious because you know, since BJ got me on Stream East, I know I got an extra laptop. So one of my laptops is gonna be on whatever game y'all talk about that y'all want that we think. You know what? That's it. I'm gonna dedicate this laptop. To the sideline junkies game of the week, um, that's not going to be on regular TV. But so just in the chat, in the chat, don't do it now. In the chat, just hit me up with a game that y'all like, because I know at one o'clock I'm watching Houston Atlanta on the laptop. I'm gonna have whatever the main game is on the screen, and then on the main laptop, I'm gonna have Red Zone. I'm not watching shit after this. This this game. This is the equivalent to picking, cooking three or four packs of bacon, putting the bacon on the plate, dressing it up, and just going to the pan and drinking the grease. Throw the bacon away. That's what this game is right now. This is this is a uh, oh, oh my goodness. Passing the ferns. Yep. Passing the ferns on Teron Johnson. All right, guys, I'm done. I I, I gotta go. At least he's back. I'm gonna go in the corner and cry something. All right. Oh, hey. Xavier, y'all gotta shoot me his numbers or his thoughts on the San Francisco Cowboys game. 28-10. Cowboys. All right, hold on. 28-10. 
28-10 Cowboys. And then, KG, shoot me your um, – I missed something of yours. Dolphins, Giants, shoot me what you had on that. I think I called that Dolphins – I think it was like 42 to 10, something like that. Over? Yeah. And the minus 12.5. All right, cool. Then I'm good. The Hall of Records is, is up to date. All right, so for the boss BJ, the midnight ride, I'm the big guy KG. Y'all know the motto, baby. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace.